0: Welcome to Packet Pushes Heavy Networking. SD-WAN has been making steady progress in replacing uh, what I'll call heritage networking technology. This idea of a, a WAN where we have routers on dedicated circuits is steadily uh, giving way to a much wider range of choices for networking connectivity. Using public networks or internet, if you like, often creates uncertainty and customers are looking for tools to get, well, we used to talk about it as being visibility and Sometimes we talk about it as being the next generation. We talk about telemetry, and now we talk about it as being something more. But what's happening before the help desk finds out is ultimately the goal. Now, it's common for SD-WAN vendors to offer monitoring as part of their solution, but this leaves the question, how do I monitor all of my networking? Because the problems with networking are end-to-end. Data center to branch, branch to cloud, you know, cloud to campus, data center to campus. And so sometimes the SD-WAN monitoring solution is well, fine, but the sd is only part of the problem space, and how do you bring it all together? So today's sponsor is Broadcom, and they've got a tool set and a product set called digital experience monitoring that is independent of the underlying WAN, well, our network infrastructure, and that's a key advantage for customers. Let's get straight into our first question with Jeremy Rosbach. He's the Chief Technical Evangelist at Broadcom and leading it up into the NetOps by Broadcom product. Let's get straight into a description here, Jeremy. Not everyone knows that Broadcom is in the SD-WAN market. Let's talk about how Broadcom fits into the customer infrastructure.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Broadcom is a networking company. It's been a networking company. I'm sure all of the listeners out there have some type of Broadcom technology that they're either using in their data centers or their mobile phone or their cars. And, you know, when you're a networking company like this and when Broadcom acquired CA Technologies in 2018, Symantec soon after that, and then finally Appneta uh, last Mm -hmm. year, uh, the early, uh, I think it was February of last year, Mm-hmm. We, we're we combining um, what is industry-leading software solutions uh, with the expertise and networking that we've had for many, many decades. So, you know, it's exciting right now because I love that you said, you know, SD-WAN is just part of the network, and um, there's a lot more going on uh, behind mm-hmm. the edge of the network and branch offices and now hybrid, et cetera. So, you know, it's no no surprise to anybody that, you know, a large portion, they say 85%, 80%, I've heard different numbers of the user experience now, exists outside of the four walls of the data center. When I was running yeah. data centers for Northrop Grumman, Veterans Affairs, you know, it was, you knew every hop, you knew every packet, <laughs> you knew every user, you knew every app. And those days are long gone. And
0: yeah, the days of s- memorizing the IP address of every router or every ex- switch. That ex- you, exactly. <laughs> you can't do that now. It, yep. because, yeah, yeah, that's right. And you could... You could do that, but you can't in 2023 for, the, for for most networks. Not all. Let's not get too carried away. Yeah. But I think it's it's important to understand that there's two ways to look at it. And I know that you know I've had arguments with uh, grumpy old engineers from the senior parts of the network, you know, saying all networks are just one network. It's all the same. It's not different. There's no WAN, there's no LAN. It's all Mm -hmm. just the network. But the reality is, is that quite often we break the network up into chunks or silos. And there's Mm -hmm. somebody who specializes in the WAN, there's somebody who specializes in the campus, and there's people who specialize in the data center or off-prem cloud, you know, and so on. But they're all connected. And if you're going to troubleshoot all of those, you need, well, you want, or you might want to have a a, a monitoring and telemetry solution that spans all of that. And that's not easy to do if you're stitching together multiple vendors. And even if you've got solutions from a single vendor, they often don't have the same technology everywhere and you've still got to stitch it all together.
1: You know, you make a good point because, um, you know, the grumpy old network engineers are right. A network is a network is a network. It's just packets going over different connections. But you know, think about all those different connections. Some you own, some you don't. Some are a meg pipe, and some are a gig pipe or ten gig. And how many different vendor technologies are out there that speak their own language between Cisco and Juniper, and you know, um, all the new software-defined WAN technologies that are out there today. Uh, I mean, a network is a network is a network, but monitoring today's network is not like it was a long time ago. <laughs> right. Because you yeah, need you to can't just sample interface speed. Yeah, you you know
0: can't just uh, up down interface speed and then just guess the rest. You know, that's a good sheer, point. By sheer use of the force, you know, I think the branch in <laughs> Inner Mongolia is having problems today. I think I just I could just tell. You know, uh-huh. I'll tell net over to that router and check the buffers. Oh look, exactly, it's, you know. exactly. Yeah. So I want to ask that now that we're talking about Broadcom software, which is what a lot of people don't know, and you're specifically talking about a product set that you manage, which is the NetOps by Broadcom,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, who are the sort of customers that's buying this product today? Is there a customers who should be listening to this show and you want to reach them? And is there potentially a group of customers for whom this is not the right product? Because not every product is right for every customer. Who's buying your product today?
1: Yeah. You know, we just had a uh, last week on May 3rd, we had our annual NetOps virtual summit, and uh, I invite all your listeners to uh, check it out. But we had four customers that were there talking about the success and the exact same challenges that we're talking about today. It was it was quite fascinating. Um, Altice, a uh, telecommunications provider in Portugal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, Anthem Healthcare. Uh, so healthcare, we had FIS as a financial mm-hmm. And then the fourth one was an MSP Fuji, uh, Fujitsu in Central Europe. And I swear, all these guys had the exact same challenges. I said, what are you dealing with today? You weren't dealing with 10, 15 years ago. And you know what? They're moving mm. workloads to cloud. They're adopting yeah. SaaS. Uh, they have a hybrid work environment, which means that, you know, they sent 10,000 employees at home. And now they have 10,000 new networks of one to manage, you know, our, our yes. home mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. And they're all, you know... Excited about the promise of cloud and SaaS, and and uh, utilizing ISP, especially for SD-WAN. But then they're uncovering the challenges around maintaining and managing it with optimal, you know, network delivery experience. Um, so, so like, it, yeah, I don't care where you does are. Does it go all the
0: way down to small? Does the solution scale down to small or do you sort of stop in the mid-market? Either?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, this solution um, actually was geared many, many years ago um, to the telecommunications provider. And we've talked about this mm. before, right? The days of Cabletron mm. and Spectrum Network Fault Management. So, mm. you know, if if you're a, you know, Fortune 500, if, you know, if you have, you know, at least a thousand or, or not more physical network devices that make up your entire network, you know, if you're talking about a couple hundred network devices, you know, uh, maybe a couple thousand interfaces after that, um, this is probably a bigger solution uh, than what you're looking for. But, yeah. um, you know, there's also SAS versions, lightweight versions that people can utilize as well. But for the majority of it, you know, we're talking medium to large size enterprise networks, including telecommunications.
0: Okay. So one of the um, things that we talked about, of course, before every show, we sit down and talk about it and prepare for it. And you're quoting me some research, which suggests that a lot of problems are having unsuccessful SD-WAN deployments. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was surprising to me was the number. So do you want to dive into what that number looks like and why you think it's so bad?
1: Yeah. And, you know, we've done our own research, but, uh, you know, definitely uh, the industry analysts out there, EMA just had a uh, SD-WAN to SASE uh, research study done and webinar a couple weeks ago. And, yeah, I was fascinated by some of the data that was coming out of their research. Um, and I just want to clarify, you know, when folks, you know, he, uh, Seamus McGillicuddy, the industry analyst mm-hmm. from EMA cited, you know, a third of sd uh, vent, or excuse me, a third of VestiWan customers out there will say that they're completely successful while the other two thirds don't. And, you know, how are they measuring success? You know, maybe they're not seeing the cost mm-hmm. benefits that they wanted yeah. to see. Maybe, right. you know, mm-hmm. listen, I was talking to a bunch of CIOs in New York a couple of weeks ago. We hosted a dinner with them and uh, I was shocked to hear that some of them, now there are smaller companies, but some of them are mm-hmm. pulling their workloads out of the cloud and back into their mm-hmm. data center. It's too expensive. Um Uh, The outages are hurting them. So that was shocking as well. And saying that, um, you know, some of those cloud resources are going back in the data center definitely will not remove the SD-WAN technical challenges that folks are dealing with today. So, you know, we talked about native versus third-party SD-WAN monitoring. And again, this data is citing the fact that, you know, Native SD-WAN vendors do a great job with their product and the language that it speaks. But, you know, uh, like you've mentioned, the SD-WAN network delivery path is more than just the SD-WAN edge-to-edge connection and the tunnels. You have a lot more devices behind it. That's a lot more multi-vendor technologies you have to deal with. Who's watching the entire underlay versus the overlay? You know, that's not talked about enough. You know, having that that unified underlay overlay correlation to really understand if the virtual environment is affected, is it affected by the physical environment that's hosting it? And then data granularity, packet loss latency and jitter, uh, these native SD-WAN vendors do a good job of that, but you know getting mm-hmm. as granular as possible is important to those level three engineers and architects to understand exactly who's talking, who's using what pipe, how much of the pipe are they using, et cetera.
0: And I think the key here is that the NetOps product is a digital experience monitoring tool. That is, you have agents at the edge of the network and they create synthetic transactions to gain visibility as to what is really happening on the network. They're not monitoring the router. They're not, um, you know, using flow, collecting flow records to get some abstracted view, efficient, but abstracted view of the network. This is straight up technical probes on the network simulating live traffic.
1: Yeah. And uh, to be honest, uh, we do do what you just said about, you know, um, flow mm. records and stuff like that. And it, this solution is going to uh, attract a certain role and title within an organization. Mm. So if you need to stay high level and level one knock, a level one knock operator can understand green, mm. yellow, red and and understand threshold breaches. And then obviously um, with our passive instrumentation, like you just mentioned, flow, et cetera, mm. we combine that with the active okay, monitoring so Yep, the so you've got monitoring.
0: the you've got the I see these as two different types of monitoring then so if you're collecting flow records and polling sNMP variables or using the more mm-hmm. modern telemetry apis on devices you're seeing the as running state yes but which is fine and can help you detect problems as they
1: happen mm-hmm.
0: but I think the addition of the dem the synthetic probes is really important here into a single because you can put these probes around the networks. Maybe where the problem points are is one Mm -hmm. way that people do it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they put the probes into, you know, you can convince a route, get a container on a a router or an SD-WAN edge or a SASE edge, or you can put them all over the campus. And then you can actually be synthetically testing the network under load, you know, during the peak of the day, but you can also be running the probes on Saturdays and Sundays and try and generate a synthetic load um, as you need, right? Is this problem only happening at peak? Or does it happen on the weekends when no one's around that sort of thing
1: yeah exactly and i would even add that um and no one's talking about this much either is that this active type of monitoring with the probes and being able to synthetically test network traffic as well as web traffic you know log in start an email put a subject line mm-hmm. et cetera hit send um all this can be done you know pre post production so in a test environment so if you're rolling out like a new SD vendor. Um, Obviously, you're going to test it, but with this active type of monitoring uh, with the probes, you can then test, did the architect architect this SD-WAN delivery appropriately? I'm going to test every single hop in this SD-WAN network delivery path. If there's any bottlenecks, any any thresholds breached, we're going to catch it before we roll this into production and say, Mm. hey, We're now using Microsoft Teams instead of blah, blah, blah on our laptop. And this Mm. is the real advantage of being able to understand network delivery at every single hop before you even turn the lights on and say, users use it. And you bring up a Mm. good point because if someone's rolling out Teams, they're going to use these probes and actually deliver these agents and probes on any new laptops that they give to new employees because you know that new employee is going to say, hey, I'm supposed to be using Teams and I can't get to it right now. They're never going to say, yeah. I can't get to this router that's in the middle of the network path to get to Teams. They're just going to say, I can't get to Teams. So we yeah. watch network delivery based on application and user experience. Oh, let's look at Teams. How is How are users around the globe hitting it? Are they mm. seeing any uh, performance degradation?
0: So that means you could see it globally. So you yes. might see that the people in Brazil are having problems with Teams. And you can pretty quickly wrap into the front that the local Teams node in that's mm-hmm. the closest to them is where the fault might be, and therefore you need to bash up Microsoft. Not, um, you know, it's not a networking problem from your side; it's a external SaaS provider that's at fault here.
1: And imagine uh, this is what gets people excited. We talk about this meantime to innocence, right? When you said just bash mm-hmm. up Microsoft, you know, how long would it have taken me to help the Brazil team? to understand exactly what unmanaged networks they were running over that I have no access yeah. to mm-hmm. to troubleshoot um so to be able to say hey there seems to be a device with this public IP address hosted in this you know ISP in that local brazil area that has packet loss over 20% you know we can see that it would take me hours to even figure that out let alone Prove that it wasn't me. So, you know, proving yeah, innocence yeah. is such a huge part of uh the solution's benefits that a lot of our customers are excited about. You know, it's also I,
0: important to be able to stand in front of the boss and go, it's not my network. Like exactly. never underestimate the the pay rise potential of it's not my network and being right. And, and eventually a, the hassle that you don't get, because if you get it right often enough, they don't come to you and say, Oh, it must be the network, because they start to realize that you would know before they did. That's that's a really big thing. And you stop being the kicking boy of the of exactly, the IT
1: team. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, from our NetOps Virtual Summit last week, we had a financial customer talk about uh, an amazing use case. Uh, mm. So FIS uh, hosts uh, services and um, has data centers that other financial companies utilize um, as they store their data with FIS. And for over a year, they had a customer complaining, "I can't get to this app or this data storage, whatever they were hosting for this customer." And they continued to try and try to troubleshoot um saying that their network FIS network was fine. And finally, yeah. too, they adopted the appneta solution and deployed those probes that you're talking about. So they de- they deployed mm-hmm. these probes in the customer's network that they're you know, FIS is not an admin of the customer is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And immediately found out that they had a uh, misconfigured F5 load balancer on the customer edge. And for yeah. a year, the mm-hmm. customer was complaining that they couldn't get to something inside of FIS's network. And, you know, with the AppNet Pro, they immediately were able to say, well, this device is located in your network with this IP address, and it seems to be having, throwing these errors. And mm-hmm. magically... And all of a
0: sudden, your personal life just improved by 50%. <laughs> exactly. <because> you're, not, <laughs> you're not sitting there at night, well... If you're the sort of person I, you know, I am sitting there at night worrying about why you haven't got an answer for this, and what I, what am I missing? And all exactly. of a sudden, what you're missing is data and visibility into what's going on.
1: That's I love how you said that too. And you know yeah. how many and how many weeks did they have to answer to their bosses saying? This customer a is complaining, why aren't you guys mm. fixing it so
0: oh, and very and totally sweetly, it's the customer's fault <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hate to I've got laugh this vision that,
0: of but... I've got this vision of a movie, you know, when you're walking away, and the thing behind you is blowing up exactly but all
1: network it. engineers and admins et cetera would 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 understand that story little little right. bit of a vengeance to do a, something you've been working it's, on for a long time.
0: Yeah. You don't say it out loud, but you certainly, you know, like mm-hmm. drop the microphone and walk yeah. away from the explosion.
1: Yeah.
0: Now we've talked a little bit about the digital experience or the synthetic monitoring, which I think is going to become more important in more complex networks, especially when you're running overlays over overlays over overlays, which is what SD-WAN. And as we head further into SASE, SSE, it gets even more complicated because of all the security stuff in the middle. Mm-hmm. But let's leave that aside and just say, talk to you, you know, get in contact with Broadcom on NetOps to find out how they can handle it because I don't think we've got time to cover it today. What I did want to talk about was scale. Mm -hmm. Now, when I'm talking about scale, it's not just beyond, one of the interesting things about big networks is once you get beyond the first few hundred, the next 2,000 don't actually get too much different because they're usually mostly the same thing, Mm -hmm. just repeated over and over. What becomes tricky is the ability to dashboard them, asset management, report them. Mm-hmm. Have you got something that helps you manage the problem of operational scale, not the problem of physical scale?
1: Yeah, and it's a really good point. When we when we always talk about scale, we think, oh, how many devices are you monitoring? How big is my network growing, et cetera? But monitoring scale is just important. So you do not want to adopt a solution. You know, Charter Communications, they have a half a million devices under physical devices under management, four million plus interfaces tens of millions of metrics that they collect every second. This is what monitoring scale is about. Can you imagine um, if that had a negative impact collecting all those metrics on on their network? And even if it was Mm. their customer network or their... I mean, they would never want to adopt a solution like that that uses half the bandwidth just to monitor the network. Mm. Meanwhile, it's, it's bringing it down. And then a lot of our customers, you know, they have to run... Weekly, daily, top-end reports, top talkers, top this, top top offices, mm-hmm. you know, utilization, et cetera. And when a solution has to um, crunch tens of millions of metrics to produce that that type of executive view and report, you shouldn't have to wait a week. It, you should have to wait seconds. So yeah. the ability to have back-end storage and database um, Uh, To be able to take on that type of monitoring scale and deliver and surface relevant uh, metrics within seconds and get rid Mm -hmm. of all the other noise, that's not a a part of that, right? All the uh, additional events or alarms that may come in um, behind the device that's down that you can just quietly... you know, turn that off and and. Ah, right. so that intelligent fault management. Yeah, you know, exactly.
0: Distributed fault management is what we used to call that. You know, where you lose the main router and the thousand routers behind mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Who needs to see all that? You already know. <laughs> Who the needs one to in know that? You don't need that. Yeah, you don't need a thousand and one alerts. Just one will do.
1: Exactly. Um, so yeah, scaling. I think one
0: of the things you also said was um, the ability to manage specific departments or specific applications. So like. GitHub for developers if you've got a bunch of whiny developers and well let's face it who doesn't you know their traffic's apparently special um and but mostly they're only accessing a couple of things like GitHub or you know various sites and are you able to then use like and we talked before about flow collecting flows mm-hmm. you know using SNMP and telemetry APIs are you able to then just say I need a report this is an example uh, of just things like tell me the performance to GitHub this yeah this month
1: yeah Um, And it's funny that you mentioned, because we are looking at network delivery more from a user experience application point of view. So before Broadcom, you know, purchased Appnetta late last year or early last year, we were still talking, hey, you need to worry about device up down and interface up down and and blips and stuff like that. Um, But then with the acquisition of AppNeta, we were able to tell a completely different story based on user experience or application. So let's look at the network as it delivers a certain experience or application. So a lot of our customers will purchase our solution based on the applications that they want to maintain high quality user experience. You know, obviously it's gonna ride their network, but listen, we have 10,000 Teams users When someone Mm. calls in and says, I can't get to Teams or it's not working or et cetera, or, you know, developers, listen, our developers at Broadcom are utilizing GCP for a lot of their development. Of course, they need Mm. to understand the user experience from wherever they are working, like at home, Mm. uh, out to GCP and then, you know, wherever else they may need to go to perform their daily development tasks. So a lot of our customers will say, I need to monitor, you know, Teams. I need to monitor Office 365. They're not saying I need to monitor this specific you know uh cisco router or switch that's just part of the network i guess, path.
0: I guess one of my favorite things to do was when i was uh, uh, uh in the real world mm-hmm. was i would actually do get the ceos monitor what the ceo was doing and then make sure he got the same experience or worse than everybody else and that would always <laughs> result in getting more money for bandwidth and things
1: there you um, go <laughs> Or worse.
0: I like that. Well, no, I've always felt that, you know, most people try and give the CEO the best experience. Yeah. But I've always found that if you do that, you also end up with the least amount of money because the CEO unconsciously, because he's normally an idiot, right? No, Mm -hmm. Has no idea of technology. Just Mm -hmm. assumes that that's the same experience that everybody else is getting. Mm -hmm. So- what you actually want to do in the real world is give the CEO the worst laptop, the <laughs> oldest telephone, you know, the oldest smartphone. So we buy the worst bandwidth yeah. connection, and then you can give him some results and say, "Look, oh, I'm very sorry, the computers are too slow. We need to upgrade the computers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Or, we need more bandwidth upgrades. So that it- and here's the data to show that the bandwidth is not performing. And you know what? Um, you'll find there's money for that sort of stuff around.
1: And you said yeah. experience, right? I mean, yeah. we we are now thinking about the network from an experience point of view, not from a packet. Point of view, and it's just mm-hmm. how the evolution of networking is forcing us as vendors to look at it from a monitoring span standpoint, but also um, our customers as well, uh, being able to understand the network delivery experience for teams, the network delivery experience for your C- CIO that's going to a branch mm-hmm. office, etc. It's 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 just. You know, routers yeah. and switches and devices mm. delivering a certain user experience.
0: And there's so many different there's so many different things you can do once you've got this sort of monitoring. Uh, I saw a television crew the other day, and every member of the crew had a uh, headset of a, a voice headset, and they were all networked together and like a you know on a Wi-Fi on a walkie-talkie thing. But mm-hmm. they also had an iPad. And every time they did something on set or whatever, they were tapping away on the iPad saying, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing here, and so forth. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to sort of watch them uh, move around in the network. I want to move over to um, multi-vendor, multi-tech, because you're not selling networking products. So you're not like a, a brand name vendor who's trying to sell you everything that they've got and make mm-hmm. the biggest possible deal. Mm-hmm. You need to work with whatever's in the customer's network. Mm-hmm. Um are you able to do that? How do you approach that? How would you convince a customer that being vendor agnostic is a feature?
1: Yeah. May, you know, I always, I still wonder to this day in when I talk to customers and are not aware of the software side of, of Broadcom yet. And, you know, maybe this is one of those reasons because, you know, we, as CA Technologies, we never sold any hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, you know, in, in, in order to support a lot of our Fortune 500 customers who have multiple technologies and vendors in their data center. You know, I don't know a lot of data centers today, it's just strictly just Cisco or strictly Juniper, et cetera. So, you know, with every new vendor that they deploy a technology, they have a management console they have to utilize. So we have always for the last 30 years been able to uh, adequately be vendor agnostic and support the broadest uh, amount of vendor old and new software defined technologies out there today because it's basically just what our customers are demanding. They don't mm. want to have 16 different siloed tool sets for monitoring and management. They want to want to have one overall one that is being fed by some yeah. of those tools, right? You know, we're we're mm. only as smart as the data that we're collecting, and sometimes we have to collect that data directly from a a Viptela orchestrator or controller or, or an ACI uh, environment. Those mm. those device those uh, controllers and orchestrators are, are invaluable to um, what we do from a monitoring standpoint, but. What we do with that data is is the most important is to be able to correlate it, normalize it across all these vendors, let it speak one language to the level one knock operator. Right. So
0: if you've got a supply chain, a vendor who's got supply chain difficulties, and you still need to move forward, but you're not stuck in a specific vendor, you know, in that same brand vendor's operation. So mm-hmm. um, the one I'm hearing a lot about is ACI. Mm-hmm. Customers who've got ACI need more switch ports, but they can only buy a very limited number of choices of hardware mm-hmm. to go into that network that, uh, that there must be fully blessed mm-hmm. and, and, you know, hand selected from a, from an artisanally developed orchard in Cisco land. Um, <laughs> it, and which is fine because ACI uses, it's a specific set of features and it wants to have access to the ASICs underneath and, and but that's the price that you pay. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's much more in, intelligent. We're going into a world where the supply chain is going to go through multiple disruptions. The one we're living through now is not just a one and done. It's not going to be finished by the end of next year. Mm-hmm. And I think customers are slowly realizing that multi-vendor networks are going to be normal, not because it's just good for business or because, it, but because of necessity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because the supply chains are going to be broken indefinitely. And having a, a multi-vendor monitoring tool that works regardless, and also you're not locked into um, the, the the vendor. So, who is producing the you know the proprietary or the mm-hmm. closed monitoring platform to update it to work on this new hardware that's just been released from someone else inside their own company? That happens plenty often too.
1: Yes, yes, uh, really good point, especially about the supply mm-hmm. chain um, and. A lot of our customers are experiencing that when they do go with multiple vendors and of course they get the free monitoring and management tool that comes with it uh, it's not as granular as they want it to be you know and this is some of the research that was recently released um, by some industry analysts out there you know where customers are complaining that the lack of data granularity from some of these native uh, vendors is not deep enough it doesn't go deep enough Uh, they're having issues with of course um Uh, Full stack. So, you know, the solution they have may not do fault performance flows for old and new networks, uh, may be too hard to run reports or, you know, too hard to customize dashboards, etc. You know, so a lot of our customers are understanding the need for solutions like Broadcoms um, that has been doing all this for years across multiple vendors. uh, So hang on,
0: there's a key point in there. You're saying I can build my own dashboards and build my own reports. So there's flexibility in that.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, hmm. Of course, with open API calls, et cetera. So, if you need to build executive dashboards that just show you know critical business services and their health, or if you have an architect or engineer that needs to dive deep into you know millisecond uh, east-west uh, packet loss or or you know network latency, the, the ability is there as well. But you know, we cater to the level one knock operator to be able to quickly and easily identify issues, solve them themselves or find that meantime to innocence uh, or escalate it uh, easily Mm -hmm. to an op or an engineer or an admin that needs to dive a little bit deeper. But, you know, we're trying to empower the level one knock operators to close these events and tickets on their own with enough information that makes them insightful about the root cause.
0: But, and you're also talking about um, the Broadcom software being able to be uh, used with external. So I could if I'm so inclined, I can Python Ansible my way to some artisanal hack that might be needed, or I think yeah. I might need.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, use a, you know, a reporting uh, interface uh, that uh, has a lot more graphical tool sets like, you know, Kafka or something um, like that to be able to run some specialized reports or, or dashboards that you want to do.
0: And if you're a telco, you might actually want to take this and feed this data into the OAM system somewhere else. like, into the operational accounting or in if the tower, the carrier's got some help desk system, which has some, let's call it intelligence, because that's mm-hmm. what they say what it is, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, that, which is really just going to be click here to get more information. It'll come over to your platform, but Hey, we'll call it intelligence.
1: That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. Telco uh, providers are a wonderful uh, use case as well, because talk about multi-vendor you know, technologies. They look for multi-vendor technologies uh, inside of their data centers uh, to produce more, service offerings and differentiated service offerings. So Virgin Mobile, um, uh, formerly Telefonica 02 out uh, the UK, they have multiple SD-WAN uh, service offerings, uh, because they have built multiple SD-WAN vendor uh, services within their uh, customer facing repository of services that they offer. So, you know, we're talking about an ISP, so we're, we need scale, right? Big networks, we, mm-hmm. we need multi-vendor coverage because they just don't have one tech in their data centers today. And then all of this needs to support and protect revenue for new service offerings. So, you know, we talk about, hey, level one knock operator can close a ticket or find that it's an ISP issue or or a level three admin or architect can look at East-West network latency traffic within milliseconds, Mm-hmm. Um, all the way up to a uh, monitoring solution that can protect a revenue by making the network available, right? You know, at yeah. the highest so as we get
0: possible. into, yeah, I think I think I understand. Let me try and see if I can put that into something that's like say it differently, but mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Um, if I'm a telco and I have a service contract with a uh, a service over the top, you know, maybe somebody like Cloudflare or mm-hmm. ZScaler or you know one of these SaaS companies who they have their data centers hosted somewhere, maybe they're your bare metal clouds, you know, bare metal clouds uh, mm-hmm. inside of some of your infrastructure, but you want to know that the service you're offering to the SaaS provider is meeting some SLA that you've promised to, mm-hmm. and you know that SaaS provider is doing the monitoring. So you you can't just sit there in a meeting and go, yes, we'll pay you because your, your monitoring is better than ours. You've got a tool set that it can actually then sit inside the Telco's network. And monitor the the you know and prepare dashboards and reports for, uh, you know, a SaaS provider on your bare metal cloud, and tell you what that is actually happening. So when they turn up with a series of demands for refunds for you know whatever they think is a performance problem, you've got something to fight back or to to
1: put the other side of that argument. Of course, uh, in 2020, Charter Communications, uh, we were able to help them save over eight hundred thousand dollars in SLA penalties from the previous mm. year by just making uh, their network more available. You know, the more available it is, the less downtime you have, the more revenue Mm -hmm. you protect and the better your SLAs are met.
0: So you could just sit there and say, you know, I haven't actually thought about emphasizing that as a differentiator, which is that idea that visibility then allows you to defend revenue. You don't have to pay refunds. And that's got a dollar value and is also very expensive because for every dollar you refund, you normally spend three to five dollars confirming the payout because nobody wants to pay it. That's yeah, a, that's a gross abbreviation. You know,
1: another example, you know, visibility. It's just all about visibility now because you know we're we're uh, our user experiences are over uh, managed networks and unmanaged networks. So we don't have visibility in the unmanaged network. So when I talked about that whole meantime to innocence, you know. Hmm. Uh, let's say it took 30 minutes you know, 15 years ago to resolve a normal network outage um, when everything was in the four walls of the data center. Well, un- imagine mm-hmm. now it takes hours because you only own a small portion of the network delivery path for your users today because they're at home and they're mm-hmm. using ISP, et cetera. So spending hours triaging an outage cost the business money. It just does. Yeah. And you know, depending on who you are, every hour could be a lot of money. So if we can help our customers triage within minutes and not hours, imagine the operational savings they uh are able to achieve by just finding root cause quicker.
0: Nah, don't worry about them. What about me? <laughs> I just don't want to have to do it. I don't want to have to do this pointless work, right? Exactly. Troubleshooting you know, chasing ghosts in my network or, Mm -hmm. you know, looking for the mystery meat over in the off-prem cloud because they're, you know, the one, uh, AWS's proprietary implementation of load balancing doesn't work the same way that Azure's proprietary implementation. And I just need to be able to measure it at a high level and then Mm -hmm. hand it to AWS and Azure and say, why do you people not work, right? Exactly. uh, And here's the data to prove it. Here's the data to prove that I'm having a problem. Um, And and then I go home with a Mm -hmm. quick, you know, and more importantly, I can turn up in my internal meetings and say, here's the data I've gathered, which points the finger in this direction. It's not my fault. It's them.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> got to love the innocence. Yep.
0: Gotta, yeah. Got to be that. Gotta And mm-hmm. the speed to innocence is also very, yes. is, is the key because I want to go home. I don't get paid anymore for working extra hours.
1: That's right. And everyone um, blames the network. So,
0: yes. So, you, you, you know, you've got to be able to have a, uh, I used to have an acronym for that, but I can't say it in public. You've got to be <laughs> the one that, uh, the the shield, the mm-hmm. shield, the, the shield against the, the problem mm-hmm. coming downhill to the network. Yes, yes. If you were um, we've talked a lot about mean time to innocence and 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 that capability. And that's really the functionality of visibility tooling in networking. But I think one of the things I don't think we've leaned into enough at this point is the fact that you're actually uh, we talked about the synthetic part, but you can actually use the synthetic scripts to simulate applications. Now, is that just well-known ones like Teams? You can actually simulate a Teams call. You can simulate an email. Is there any others in there that that people seem to get excited about?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about uh, Teams, uh, talk about WebEx, um, all the Office products. You know, you name it. Uh, A lot of these can be just customized scripts that a user or a customer can create. So if they understand the steps to using, you know, whatever application, Salesforce, you got to log in, you got to click on something, you maybe have a drop down, you maybe hit submit or something like that. You know, you name the application. uh, And obviously, if that application is probably hosted in a SaaS environment, um, you know, we have a lot of customers out there that run test just against the application you know, some other competitors out there that offer a similar user experience or Dem solution will, you know, charge you by the test. So if you want to test 10,000, you want to make 10,000 tests to Microsoft teams because you have to do 30 in every single region around the globe, you're going to Hmm. pay money for every single one of those 10,000 tests versus from Broadcom. Hey, you want to do Microsoft teams? You have unlimited tests against Microsoft teams. You have unlimited tests against Salesforce And that's huge because, you know, you want to test these applications, especially before someone complains, but you can, the not can test those applications when someone is complaining to verify the user is seeing exactly what they're complaining about.
0: So if people are still listening at this point, they're probably thinking about deployment and sort of some pricing structure. So let me ask you some basic questions about that. Mm -hmm. Do I deploy this on-prem or does it come from a cloud hosted instance or do I get a choice?
1: You have a choice and um we recently put in maybe a couple of years ago now a a um subscription-based type of licensing mm-hmm. so unlimited device licenses uh for um you know virtualized environments like software-defined wan uh, tunnels etc and uh, being able to uh, manage the underlay versus the overlay is why it's so important so You know, fault performance and flow is is one platform that we're selling along with um, subscription-based licensing. And that that allows you to scale up to however many monitor devices you want to monitor. uh, So you're straddling this
0: subscription, the old and the new. So if you're somebody who thinks subscriptions are a good idea and your internal accounting allows you to set up for it, you could go down that path. Um, If you're somebody, you know where an organization is better at spending capital than OPEX. And there Mm -hmm. are a lot of companies that do that. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got a pricing model for that. Are they, and this is a a pointed pointed question I'm going to ask it. You can dodge the answer if you want. Mm -hmm. Are they easy to understand? I get a lot of pushback from people saying, these subscription licenses are so complicated, I don't actually know what I'm buying. Are yours easy?
1: You know, um, I'm not on, I'm not, educated that much to say as a user and what they would do, but we do have customers say um, they didn't know they had all these licenses available. Uh, So, you know, maybe that's just a miscommunication, but, you know, maybe they want to monitor 10,000 flows, but they're only monitoring a thousand because they didn't realize that the subscription model, you know, was unlimited. So, you know that's a good thing to figure out but i haven't mm-hmm. really had a lot of information back from customers that uh you know they like subscription over you know device based the old ways so mm.
0: i guess what i'm hearing as subtext here is companies aren't complaining to you about the complexity of the licensing or that you've got some arcane uh licensing inside of those you know I can get this license, but it doesn't include the license I actually want, and I have to buy these other two licenses to get this feature type
1: of thing. Yeah, we're we're trying to roll everything in uh, into just one base license platform. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's physical infrastructure or software-defined infrastructure, um, multi-vendor technologies, of course, and then um, add the user experience, the DEM monitoring on top of that, which is all, you know, captured and put into our portal via an open API uh, so we can correlate the, uh, the the network experience and the path health against uh, specific device performance. So we can say this path is healthy and is exceeding 90%, you know, uh, health, and uh, we mm. see no devices that are outliers in that network path.
0: Uh, and last question on first steps down to this path of engaging with the product is deployment. How hard is it to get, say, a test deployment up? Are we looking at months? Days? How much time do I have to spend in a sales cycle, deciding what I need to get a poc up and running? Is it a long engagement or is it fairly, fairly, uh, fairly linear?
1: So it depends on the use case that you're trying to solve. So if our customers are looking to, um, you know, existing CA customers that have the network specific inside the four walls of data center monitoring. But they want to expand that visibility outside the edge Mm. of their network with the Appneta solution into ISP and cloud providers. Uh, That's just an agent deployment. They can do it Mm. on their own from the SaaS environment and download the agents and start testing. But listen, you know, we do have very large customers, um, telcos, et cetera. We're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of devices, 300,000 plus SD-WAN tunnels you know that's definitely going to take uh, an an architecture from uh, architect from our team to be able to understand you know high availability and fault tolerant for back end databases of the monitoring solution and where best to put those uh, mm. but the bigger the network uh, the the longer it might take to set up a solution like this but you know we we only okay. see a lot of our solutions take for the largest networks maybe a couple months to move from test finally to production
0: okay so it's it's the usual sort of Let's make sure we get everything sorted out. And yep. there's a qualification. It's not like I can just go and quickly set up a, a test trial. I need to have some level of commitment that this is the right way to go forward. Before yeah, I mean, I'm think about it. Monitoring
1: this. is not just about collecting data. It's, you know, we got to collect the data. We have to make sure we can understand the data that we're collecting yep. and yep. then normalize it and then surface it. and To um,
0: so yeah, know what you're getting in for. It's not just going to be, have a play over the weekend type thing. You are going to have to have a, Uh, Allocate some time to to this sort of a process. Yeah, yeah, we have because of the uh, scale and breadth. I mean, at the end of the day, this is not just a netflow monitoring or, you know, gNMI of telemetry data gathering, or it's 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 digital experience monitoring. It's all of that, and you've got a whole bunch of stuff going on.
1: Yes, and we have a lot of customers uh, who base their careers off of you know our solution, so. You know, I know a lot of customers that have been with spectrum fault management for, you know, 30, 25, 30 years and they have built their career. They move from one organization to another based on the monitoring solutions that organization organization Stop has. it. You're
0: scaring me. You're scaring me.
1: <laughs> so, I yeah. worked on Spectrum. We used to call it rectum. Oh uh, my god. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's let's cut that.
0: Yeah, we'll cut that three, two. I did I did do some work on Spectrum back in the day. And um it was just such a difficult thing to do. I'm, I didn't really realize that it was still out there delivering value to customers. I Somehow I thought, you know, so you learn something every day, I guess.
1: You know what? You bring up a good point. And mm. in my days of running networks, uh, one of the uh, organizations I was working for did not have a lot of money. So, I mean, I had to use an MRTG. I had to use uh, WhatsApp Gold. Mm. And yeah, those take minutes to set up and discover your network and get some type of information. But... You know, you're at a very high level with information and insight. You know, the deeper you want to get, the broader the solution is, um, the more technical the solution is. So, you know, depending on your use case and what you need to do as a network support the organization, a solution has to be that robust.
0: But there's, but it's not impossible for me to smart spot start small here. Start on just. Like, I'm just going to do my SD-WAN and then add the data center, then add the campus. Of it's course, I like mean, a, there's
1: a maturity it, level to monitoring, right? You know, start mm-hmm. off just discovering, start off in a small enclave of your data center, move to performance, move to flow, mm-hmm. collect syslogs, you know, mm-hmm. implement telemetry. There's definitely a maturity Start model.
0: working with dashboards, Start to exactly. usable <laughs> data, you know, reiterate <laughs> the dashboards until you get, if you've never worked on designing a dashboard before, there's six months right there. Just... <laughs>
1: How about integrating with other, you know, siloed uh, point solutions yeah. that you have to collect that data from and then is that data coming in correctly or are we yeah. reading it correctly? Am I, I pulling
0: mean, the data from ACI? This Maybe is why, this is why the,
1: customers yeah. build a career around solutions like this because they 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 deliver expertise and, and it takes expertise to um, to you know manage them and, and and use them efficiently to get the insights that we say customers can get.
0: Well, Jeremy, unfortunately, we're running out of time for today's show. Thanks so much, and and it, we've sort of had a bit of a wander here, very much focused on the the user side of this discussion and mm-hmm. how the NetOps product can actually help them. And the reason I've sort of done that is for a lot of visibility tools or monitoring tools, it's not about arguing, you know, the technology bits and bytes and how it moves. It's about how you can apply it. To, it's it's a bit like a band aid, and that you've got to put over and and so the pain stops. So, you know, it's the old story about, you know, Dr. Doctor, doctor, will I be able to play the violin after that? And he goes, yes, she will, of course you will. And he goes,
1: yeah, but I couldn't do that before. So that's agreed. amazing. Agreed. Yes, agreed.
0: Right? So, yeah. <laughs> so um, if people wanted to find out more information, where do you think they should start?
1: Yeah, you can start at broadcom.com slash NetOps. And you'll see everything that we've been talking about today. And uh, like I mentioned, I invite your users to... Uh, hear those uh, customer success stories I mentioned previously uh, in our uh, on-demand virtual summit that we hosted last week. So I will uh, have that link. You guys can have that link in the show notes. And I uh, look forward to everyone checking out that content as well.
0: Well, uh, Jeremy's already flagged it for us. You can find Jeremy on Twitter as Jeremy Rossbach, R-O-S-S-B-A-C-H. And he's on the LinkedIn as Jeremy Rossbach. Just search him up and also that link to his LinkedIn. And I'm sure he'd be delighted to be harassed by you uh, um, finding out more about the. Sorry, exactly. I mean, engaged, engaged, <laughs> engaged. Um, as course. always, you can find this and many more fine, free technical podcasts along with our blog and website at packetpushes.net. Thanks so much to Broadcom for sponsoring us today. Without them, we wouldn't be here. And if, we appreciate their support and helping us to bring this content to you. If this has been helpful to you, please tell your friends, uh, give us a rating on. Your favorite podcast tool. Uh, tell your friends. Maybe share the episode with somebody inside of your organization, in the hope that they'll subscribe and help the packer push us to still be here uh, in all the years ahead. It uh, helps us just, you know, with some numbers. It's it keeps the whole thing up and running. And as always, remember that too much networking would never be enough.